0: TechSounds presents EduTrends. Today I have the pleasure to be with Mike Thurman, uh, General Secretary of Singapore's Teacher Union. Uh, hi, Mike. Hello. Thank you for
1: being with us. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: So, Mike, you're here for um, our um, international conference mm-hmm. on education innovation, and we are very happy to have you. And... Um, uh, Well, Singapore is a country that is uh, uh, recognized for its educational system. Uh, This country that has invested a lot Mm and has understood that education is very important. Mm -hmm.
1: I think um, that understanding is born out of necessity because we don't have any other resources at all. Um, We are an accidental nation. Just only, hence we understand that People are our only resource. So if we need to develop anything, it's to develop people. Hence our uh, heavy investment in education and focus. I think it's not just a government, uh, it's, it's a cultural norm for Asians to invest in education.
0: But education is very important in the culture
1: of Asians yes. in general. In general, I mean, um, especially in the Chinese culture and Singapore is 75% Chinese. right? Uh, so that comes within the societal aspect and then uh, the government just leverages on that. So you, if you see our PISA performance or international performances uh, in uh, international tests, benchmarking, uh, we do well. It's because there is a very close nexus from home and school yes. to get that done.
0: That yeah. yes, I, I read once there was a cultural difference in the world, and that in the Occidental world, and maybe particularly in Latin America, but I think in other countries, the failure of a student is attributed to the student. And in
1: Asian countries, the failure of the student is attributed to the family. Family, yes. Is that right? Yeah. I think parents take a huge responsibility and ownership over students' education, especially in the early years. Uh, After 15, 16 years old, thereafter to, uh dependent on the child. But before that, uh, it's what parents also bring to the table. Yeah. Yeah, that's very interesting. And despite
0: those cultural differences... Uh, what can we learn in uh, Latin America, for example, from the Singapore model, the Singapore success? Education?
1: Nothing happens by accident. Right? It has to be curated, choreographed, and intentional. Uh, there must be a systemic effort. Right? You cannot have piecemeal approaches and expect things to work. Uh, there are no quick fixes. Uh, everyone must understand that this is the direction we're heading towards and every part of the system must work uh, to achieve the goal. Uh, so in education, uh, there is curriculum, uh, there is technology, but a very key component are the teachers. Right? Uh, we, a lot of countries pay lip service to uh, the importance of teachers. Everyone says, the teacher is in important. Uh, but you look at uh, budgetary expenditure, uh, resource endowment, uh, in terms of teacher development, teacher recruitment, teacher retention, uh, there is actually very little. Right? Uh, but in Singapore, we we understand the teacher is key. So from the recruitment aspect, from the very beginning, uh, when we recruit the teachers, we select from the top 30th percentile of the cohort. Okay. And even that is very competitive for every one teaching position, there would be eight to 10 applicants in the 30th percentile, top 30th percentile, right? Um, So from recruitment all the way in terms of career development, pre-service training, um, uh, allowing teachers to develop when they are in service, Uh, There is a lot of emphasis, yeah. One of the things that
0: are more complicated um, in some countries, maybe it's not the case of Singapore, but uh, I don't know, you can tell us. How do you get everyone to agree in the house? Because I think everyone agrees in the what's. Everyone agrees that we need a better education in general, no? No one says, I don't want a better education for my children. Uh, but how do you make everyone agree in the what uh, in the house so that people are not pointing in different directions? I mean, faculty, or students, uh, uh, professors. I, I, I,
1: how how you convey a single vision and make everyone work in that direction? We must create the bind, right, amongst the public, amongst the teachers, uh, with the education professionals in the lead, right. Um, I I think the greatest issue is there are too many cooks when it comes to education. Uh, When that happens, nothing good happens. Uh, We we, we must understand. Um, uh, There there are very few people who intervene and say this is what the defense of a country should be. Uh, But when it comes to education, because we all have gone through schools we all think we know what education should be. So we all have, we, we all can speak about it. Uh, hence uh, it creates, um, we all uh, seem to be experts in education. Uh, that, that is the greatest danger now, right? Um, in Singapore's case, uh, that alignment happens because it is aligned to the economy. All right? What is the economic, economies uh, trajectory? Where do we want to go? In ten years, fifteen years, thirty years? Can we plan towards it? When in thirty years' time, if I want to develop in fifteen years' time, if I want to develop this particular industry, would I have the manpower, skilled manpower, to get that done? All right? Uh, so there is a very close relationship in. Uh, Singapore's education system vis-à-vis the economic outcomes that uh, the country tries to achieve. Uh, it may not be so in other countries. Right. So the alignment becomes uh, more diversified in, in other countries. Um, but core skills, we, we should know what we want to develop in our students uh, and work towards it. Right? Uh, so I think... Uh, in Singapore's case, the alignment happens because uh, we are clear about our fundamentals, that at the end of the day, when the child graduates, he must, be gain, he must have gained full employment, right? Either he does something on his own or is able to be employed. If he, that too does not happen, then the education system has failed, right? Uh, then, then Then we work backwards. Or work forwards in terms of economic planning in 15 years down the road what are the industries we're looking at right if you're still looking at car manufacturing as is now you know 15 years down the road it will be very different but you are preparing for the child for car manufacturing as is now he's not going to have a job right uh, then we have failed the society has failed right uh, so i i think that's where Uh, we are a bit clearer in what we need to achieve. Um, I think every country has to look at that and say, uh, what do we foresee for our own country in terms of its growth areas? It's well and nice to talk about education as a holistic endeavor um, to develop the child. We all do that, right? And it must be done. But if it fails the child and after graduating from a university, he's still unemployed, one year, two years, three years, oh, you're going to have a major social issue, right? Uh, youth unemployment. Uh, it, it's, it's not something you would want. Yeah. Especially uh, youth unemployment among the graduates, right? While after grade 10, <clears throat> many of us may say, okay, I can, I'm willing to do manual work. And there will always be some manual work to be done. I can do it. I'll be gainfully employed. uh, Not very high employment in terms of compensation, but gainfully employed. But a university student, a graduate of a university, it's not going to say I'm going to do manual work. I want to do some creative work. Uh, Use my mind.
0: One of the key issues uh, from what I'm learning here is that the different uh, ministries... uh, of the government are talking to each other and aligning their, yeah. their, their objectives. Uh, g- going back to what you said about um, uh, this field of education that uh, everyone thinks that uh, understand what education is because we have all, all mm. gone through at maybe 12 years of education yeah. or whatever. Uh, how important is uh, the empowerment or of professors for this Uh, kind of education that you do in uh, Singapore to work?
1: I think uh, teacher ownership, teacher leadership, teacher autonomy is very critical. Um, Provided you have competent professionals. Right? Uh, uh, Autonomy comes with responsibility. Right? Uh, So you you cannot say I want to be autonomous, Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't take any responsibility. Yeah. Uh, so in my mind, uh, hence I, I went uh, earlier. I mentioned about teacher recruitment, teacher development. Because you develop a competent professional. Once you have developed the competent professional, let him do his job. Okay. But the issue world over is: Do we have competent professionals in our classrooms? Right? Have we put our well-qualified person in front of us children right that that therein lies the issue because many of us have not done it so everyone else wants to intervene once you have a professional nobody tells a surgeon how to do his job i'm not gonna lie down in the operating table and tell him how to do it he's competent i trust Uh, we lack that same trust because the competency is not clearly established. Yeah. Sure.
0: So, uh, in, in, in the case uh, that, uh, of countries that doesn't have uh, that high level mm. uh, teachers, so uh, many countries, like in Latin America, I would say um, uh, for, uh, teachers doesn't come from that 30% mm. of, on the top that uh, you have in, in Singapore. What are the um, As a consultant, because you also have been a consultant in several countries, what are the things that you can do to start to move uh,
1: things in the other direction? It must be multi-pronged. Okay. First, we must understand that this is a priority. I must get the best people into the classrooms. Right. Then I invest in terms of recruitment, in terms of pre-service training and in-service training. Okay. Uh, what do we do with do with the people we already have? Raise their standards. Okay, as unionists, I'm not going to tell you to fire them, right. uh, Raise their standards, build their competencies, right? It's, it's a, a mutual promise that we need to undertake this endeavor to raise their standards. Can we facilitate raising uh, the averages up? Yes. You can use technology, you can reinvent your curriculum, you can produce enough materials, resources for uh, an average teacher uh, to improve his teaching skills. All that can be done. And that's how we actually did. uh, When when I'm talking about uh, competent professionals and recruiting from the top 30th percentile, uh, it has not always been the case in Singapore either. Right? We started this journey only in probably 1981 when we realised that we need to ensure that we have need to have the best people as teachers if we want to revamp the education system. Right? And, and it was a journey. So while recruiting the good ones, while uh, or we cannot run away from the fact that uh, salaries have something to do with it. Uh, The the problem with a lot of people is, uh, people say teaching is a noble job, you must do it with your heart, Um, hence you should not talk about salary. Uh, I'm a pragmatic person. Right? Uh, Maslowian hierarchy tells you that if if you cannot fulfill your basic needs, your... Uh, higher needs cannot be attained. Teachers are humans, right? You cannot say that you must work for the cheapest uh, uh, salary base, lower salary base, and do your best. That's not going to happen, right? So we must meet halfway uh, to say we will reward, we will compensate, uh, but these are the standards, right? Uh, This will be our contract, social contract. Right? We're going to pay you this much, but we're going to expect this much. Right? If you pay this much, you can only expect this much. And somebody has to take responsibility. So more
0: payment without raising the standard maybe is a waste of money. No, it's,
1: why do it? right? Uh, because we all have a, a finite amount of resources. Right? And every single penny must be spent well. Right, um, so we made a choice in Singapore um, to say that if we wanted this quality teachers, uh, then something has to give way. And one of the things that has given uh, way, or in terms of compromise, is our class size. Right, uh, while uh, the developed Western nations may have perpetuate this notion of smaller class sizes. Mm-hmm. We actually have class sizes of 40. It's not necessarily small. But the, the choice, the, the uh, alternative is you split the class, 20 each, and then you have to lower the standard of teachers. You have to double the number of teachers. Hence, you will eventually lower the standard of teachers.
0: Because you have to pay less. You, have not to enough pay money. less.
1: you need two people. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so instead of getting from the top 30th percentile, now you have lower, maybe up to even 50th percentile. Right? Uh, then you're back to square one. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 it's a call that we make. Uh, we know our class sizes are higher than OECD averages. Mm-hmm. Um, but would you prefer uh, a qualified? well-qualified, good person in front of the 40 or average so-so in front of the 20. Make a judgment call, right? And if you present it that way, uh, because people might be under the impression, no, you should be able to uh, hire good people for even the 20. Uh, Reality is such that it's not going to happen, right? Uh, You still have to pay, you still have have the classroom sizes, uh, the kind of resources that are needed, it's going to burst the government budget. All right?
0: Uh, so you have to adapt your pedagogy for bigger... You,
1: you have to. All right? Uh, uh, but even in a classroom of 40, I can still have every child talking. All right? Uh, again, it comes back to, as you say, pedagogy. Is the teacher competent enough? Okay? Uh, most of them, I mean, if I use a craftsman example, uh... Most teachers have only one tool in their toolbox. That is the hammer. Right? Everything. To teach everything and every child, they just hammer. And they think it fixes the problem. It doesn't. Sometimes you need a screwdriver. Sometimes you need a saw. Right? You, but you've only a hammer in your toolkit. That's all you're going to use. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be effective. Right? So skills development of teachers is very important. Uh, integration of technology is important. Uh, a lot of schools invest a lot of money in um, interactive smart bots. But if you actually go into classrooms and observe, teachers still actually use them as a blackboard right? Because they don't know how to use it. So we have technology and we say technology has arrived in our classrooms. I'll say think again. It has not. You've just replaced a cheap blackboard with a very expensive smartboard. That's it. The the teaching style has not changed, right? Your teacher just uses a digital platform. That's it. It has not transformed teaching. Whereas it can transform if you have actually equipped the teacher, right? Uh, There's lack of follow-through in terms of even professional development. Uh, Governments and schools spend a lot of money on professional development. The teachers go for a two-day, three-day workshops, come back to school, uh, they go back to whatever they were doing before. Because there's no accountability. There's no ownership. There's no responsibility. Nobody's going to follow up, right? Nobody says, what did you learn? Can I see it in your classroom tomorrow? Okay, and we will see whether we can actually get this done. Uh, It doesn't happen, so...
0: As the General Secretary of the Singapore's Teacher Union, what do you think teacher unions and the world should be fighting for? Uh,
1: we should be, as teachers, have our students' growth and development at the core. Okay, And be, start from there, you will not go wrong. Okay? If you think that uh, as a teacher union, is, uh, it, we should only be focused about teachers' welfare and compensation, uh, we are starting with the go wrong and in mind. Okay? If you start from the child and work backwards. Uh, and my take is... The child is the center? The child must be. If there's no child, I'm not... I don't have a vocation. I mean, I even if I say, you still need to pay me well and all that, but teaching is still a vocation. Right? It's still <laughs> a noble profession. Right? It starts from the child. And if there's no child, there's no teacher. Right? Uh, so coming back, uh, put the child at the center. And then uh, in my mantra is, uh, teacher well-being is student well-being. If the teacher is not well-equipped, if the teacher is not of the right frame of mind, nothing's going to go well in the classroom. And eventually the children suffer. So um, how do we ensure that we prepare our children for their future. Then equip the teachers with those skills and resources that's necessary to get the job done. Um, Teacher stress, teacher burnout, uh, it's not merely about workload. It's about being demoralized. Right, uh, once you have a demoralized teacher, uh, no matter what you do, uh, you are not going to get the kind of student achievement we want. Right, uh, so focus on the teacher from the policy perspective. Right, if you uh, we we have this simp- uh, uh, simple saying in in Singapore, the principals take care of the teachers, the teachers take care of the students. If from outside you want to take care of the children, ah, you're not going to do that. Because the four wall, the teacher is in charge. We can do whatever we want with policy instruments and levers. Ultimately, if the teacher does not agree, it's not going to work. So focus on developing the teacher and let the teacher take care of the child. It's our job, it's my job as a teacher. To look after the children, not the principal per se, not the policy, not the minister.
0: So that should be the fight so far, yeah, the unions yeah. today fighting for that. You were addressing something uh, interesting that is uh, uh, teacher reputation. Mm. Um, uh, I imagine that being a teacher is a well regarded uh, profession mm. in, in Singapore. Uh, was it like that like 40 years ago in the 80s when you started with this? Or
1: um, It was. Uh, probably prior to 1960s and then from 1960s to 1980s it slowly went down Uh, that's also because of the economic growth of Singapore Uh, good people were able to find better jobs Mm -hmm. elsewhere uh, more well-paying jobs Uh, so the talent went elsewhere not into public service right Uh, prior to that if you are a civil servant wow Right, prior to 1960s, if you're a civil servant, you, you have a job made for life, right? It's the thing to aim for. But from 1965 to about 1980-85, uh, as Singapore's economy grew, um, young people had better opportunities elsewhere, outside of the civil service, right? Uh, so, once talent goes out, talent's not coming into teaching... Uh people think um you they know better than the teachers, then the respect and the status of teachers in society will go down. Okay, so there was a dip uh, probably from 1970 to 1985, uh in terms of um the respect for teachers, right? And uh hence I said in about 1981, we re-looked at this whole thing and said. Let's get the best people back into teaching. right, You must be good to be respected. It's as simple as that. Nobody's going to respect you if you're no good. Right? So if good people don't come into teaching, good as in uh, morally, as well as in terms of technical competency. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If good people don't come into teaching, nobody's going to respect teaching. Right? Uh, So once we started building up the teaching cadre, then people started respecting teachers again. So if now the education minister goes to parliament and says he needs to raise teacher salary, nobody's going to quibble about it. Right? In fact, as a union, I'm not, currently I don't talk about teacher salary to my minister at all. Because they know themselves that it has to be taken care of. It's the baseline. Right? Let's talk about teacher well-being, welfare, competencies, uh, their overall uh, uh, status within the school, professional competencies. That's what we actually discuss. Yeah. Well, so, but it has to be built. Right? Uh, but bottom line, again, uh, it's cyclical. Right? It can be a virtual cycle, a vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. It's for us to decide what we want. Yes. Uh, many countries are now in a, a
0: vicious circle. Yeah. Uh, so we think that we can learn a lot from, from your example that it's, uh, uh, this is a marathon, it's not a 100 meter yeah. run. No? Yeah. You have to do it o- over time, really, to get it done. Uh, what are the things that have changed in the last five years that now are, are worrying you? Uh, uh, what, what are the things that now teachers have to take into account? That were not there five ten years ago.
1: Uh, Within Singapore, uh, it's about uh, status quo, norm, uh, the comfort zone, right? Uh, But we we understand the world is changing very fast and rapidly, and there are a lot of disruptions. Uh, Those disruptions have not come into the schools yet, right? Hence, we think it's not going to or oh, it's not within our lifetime. Uh, it's something that uh, we, we need to start thinking about very seriously, uh, because honestly, the classrooms more or less look like they were 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. Nothing much act- has actually changed. I, as I said, we, I may have a smart board, but it's not quite smart, right? Uh, whereas in the world outside, everything has changed. Uh so that's my greatest fear, right uh, we think we can go on teaching the way we are we have been doing because it worked for us, it will work for the kids uh Unfortunately, the world is very different right uh, you look at uh, uh, in nineteen eighty four Singapore would have looked to Switzerland as a benchmark. Uh, To say, in 15 years down the road, we want to have achieved a Swiss standard of living. Uh, We no longer do. There are pockets of uh, cities in China that have much better infrastructure than anyone else in the world. Uh, In terms of talent development, there are pockets of talent development in India, like your IITs which are much, much better than even MIT, All right? So things have shifted. Uh, that's where we need to understand. Uh, we need to shift. Yeah, we no longer have a uh, benchmark per se to follow. We are at the threshold of uh, creating something new on our own and we must be ready for it. Uh, but the issue is uh, the waves are a lot shorter now The cycles of development are far, far shorter. Disruptions happening here, everywhere. Are we ready for it, right? Schools have not changed. That is my greatest fear. Uh, We think we can go on teaching using a textbook. Seriously, in this day and age textbook. uh, We are quite remiss. We think we can use a textbook to teach. But we still do. Everybody still does. Uh, that's the danger.
0: Yeah, very, very interesting, the, the challenges that you see. That it goes very well with the next and last question I want to ask you here in this uh, conversation that we're having. What do you see for uh, Singapore's education system and teachers in the next 10 years? What do, I, what do you, Either what you see or what you
1: want to see? Uh, we need to innovate. Uh, we need to adapt. Uh, we need to decide in the classroom how we want to change things. Uh, the broad benchmarks are there. Baselines have been established, at least in Singapore's case. Um, then again, put the child at the center, every child, and create multiple pathways. It, there's no longer a single diet for everyone. It's not one side fits all. No, it definitely has not been. It will not, no longer be right? Um, I'll give you an example. Uh, My eldest boy just finished college, so he finished uh, GCEA levels and he's going to go into army. Uh, He's a kayaker. He's an avid sportsman. Uh, So he needed a curriculum uh, that will fit, right? Uh, But I think it has not quite fit him yet. He has different interests, uh, which in the compartmentalized world of teaching and even universities uh, cannot be matched, right? Engineering is engineering. Science is science. Chemistry and literature don't meet. Everything is in silos. silos, right? You look at, that's how our curriculum is, all right? And at the university, if you're trying to merge them, uh, a huge chaos you're creating in the minds of children because they have studied it this way we need to start opening up to say that if you want to study science, chemistry, and literature, you should be able to, right? All that, uh, it has to be inter- and multidisciplinary, right? And this notion that you actually, you actually mentioned this, um, in whatever we pursue, we need to think like the disciplinarian, right? If you're studying mathematics, think like a mathematician, Right, uh, It's a fundamental skill that we all lack and we have not done it because we teach uh, content, maths, as if it's knowledge. That is our greatest problem. It is a solution to a problem. Pythagoras' theorem is a solution to a problem that he encountered 2,000, 3,000 years ago and he solved it. Right? If you present it that way, then every discipline is solving some problem, right? Uh, then we would be in a better place.
0: That's very interesting. Yeah. I said it was the last one, but I want to ask you one more, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh, you know that many people said, and many organizations said that in the next years, we will be changing a lot of jobs because mm-hmm. of this disruption. Uh, From automatization, computer science, IT, robots, uh, artificial intelligence. Uh, So we may be changing every three years uh, of jobs. And some jobs, even if they they will exist, they will change a lot in nature because the competencies that you need to fulfill those jobs will change in nature. Is there something that uh, Singapore is doing to be
1: prepared to retrain people uh, for that future? Uh, That is actually key this notion of lifelong learning uh, is being embedded in every layer of society, right? Uh, so we no, we no longer talk about employment. We talk about employability, right? How do you stay employable, right? Skill sets, uh, whether you are self-employed or employed by somebody else, right? Uh, so the Singapore government has actually invested a lot of money in uh, training and retraining people, uh, the universities, the polytechnics, uh, actually all the poly, all the five polytechnics that we have and in the institutes of education uh, have started uh, continuous education uh, programs for, for uh, adults to go. We've started uh, a university for working adults. Uh, the government has given, uh, they call it, uh, skills future credit, $500 for every single Singaporean who's above 25 years old. He's given $500 to go learn something. A year? Every year? Uh, It started, so the government has not uh, plowed in money into it because not much of it is being used. Uh, At the moment, I think uh, only about 30% of that money has been used so the government is not going to plow in any more money but if it's going to be depleted the government is more than happy to uh, plow in so just to encourage people to go learn anything does not have to, it's the money that the government gives you for you to just study learn something new right? it need not be your job related uh it can be anything go learn a new language Okay. Uh, We just want to encourage this notion that we must continuously learn. Learning never stops. Right. Take up a course, be it formal, informal, bite-sized, PhD, anything. Learning is a journey, not a destination. So uh, that's how we have framed our education for the kids now. And one, we we have four um, uh, outcomes to achieve when a student graduates from general education. Uh, one is to be a confident person. Uh, the other, to be an active contributor, a concerned citizen. And the key one, a self-directed learner. Okay? So we need to ensure uh, that we achieve these four outcomes in the child. That he's always passionate about learning. So one of the key fundamental restructuring of the system is to I wouldn't say bring back to actually instill uh, this joy of learning okay so we are looking at whatever kills the joy of learning to take it out and do something about it and it is a serious endeavor for us so it's something the teachers have to learn it's no longer I need to study because I have an exam to pass if that's the way I'm gunning my teaching, I I am failing. Right, I'm learning because I enjoy learning. Hence, again, you know, going back to this notion of thinking like a disciplinarian. If a mathematics teacher actually thought like a mathematician, and to encourage this passion for learning, right? Uh, I, I think no no scientist is like going into his lab saying, "Oh, I don't want to go. I don't want to do this." He's there because he's He's driven, he's passionate about it, right? And if a teacher who of mathematics thinks like a mathematician and induces, infuses a joy of that thinking in her classroom, I'll be interested in mathematics. How the of, of, of the discipline? Discipline, right? Because I'm, I'm wow, this is amazing, right? Uh, but not many teachers have that attitude towards teaching and learning, right? Uh, so joy of learning and this notion of lifelong learning, it's something that we are very aggressively pursuing to instill not just in our kids, but in, even in our working adults, right? Uh, uh, but for working adults, slightly easier in, our, in Singapore's case because the disruptions are far closer to us. We see it every day. Uh, today's job gone tomorrow, right? Uh, today, the industry is here, the factories are here. Tomorrow, no, they're no longer there, right? We, we used to say, um, you know, all, all the uh, low-level uh, manufacturing jobs went to China. So we focus on the high end of the supply chain, right? Uh, but now China does A to Z, Then what do you do, right? Uh, So things have completely changed. You need to innovate all the time. Um, Innovation is actually no longer a luxury. It's no longer for the cream of the crop. Everyone has to. Everyone has to. Yes.
0: uh, Someone said that uh, the future is here, but it's not distributed evenly. And I think that uh, we can see that part of the future in in Singapore, Uh, very interesting talk uh, for all of us to see how to align an educational system, mm. how to think for the future of uh, reinventing everything yeah. uh, and every one of us. Uh, thanks a lot for, for this that talk, you, Mike. Uh, yeah. uh,
1: sorry I spoke too much, uh, but again, I'm passionate about this. Uh, we are, we're all. Yes. we're all,
0: and, and thanks for being here in Monterey in our International Conference of Educational Innovation. Thank you. Thank you very much. For more information, visit observatory.tech.mx/slash-edutrends-podcast. Thanks to Tecnológico de Monterrey and the Tech Sounds team. Tech Sounds producer Miguel Mejía, Edutrends producer Esteban Venegas and Christian Gijosa. Post production Max Pérez. Stay tuned for the next episode of Edutrends and visit Tech Sounds in your favorite podcast app for other great shows and content.